Hey guys, and welcome back. It's I80 Sports. It's all over. The MLS season is concluded. We're on to the MLS Cup playoffs. And as Alex would like you to all remember, it's not the MLS playoffs, it's the MLS Cup playoffs. You got to have the eye on the prize. Not good enough to make it, not good enough to have a great season, Alex. But we are here. We're excited to start MLS playoffs. And in typical MLS fashion, we have a bye week for international duty. Alex, thanks for joining us here today. Oh, it's great to be back. What a what an ending to a regular season MLS we're about to get into. Absolutely. And the cool thing is that we have a week to get our predictions down before we jump right into it. I know Alex has uh, you know, been uh, steaming over this for a couple days now. But today, we're talking about some stories around MLS. We're talking about some some things to look at heading into the playoffs. Um, a lot of great games this past week. We will review um, decisive win by uh, FC Dallas to get the last West playoff spot. A surprise win by RSL, putting them in third in the West and getting that coveted playoff game. However, as we said, there are a lot of storylines going on in this final week, and that is what the most of this show is going to cover. So uh, I, I wrote just a few of them. Um, we had final MLS games for both 37-year-old and 20-year veteran Demarcus Beasley of the Houston Dynamo and legendary U.S. Men's National Team goalie Tim Howard of the Colorado Rapids. We had uh, Carlos Vela securing the golden boot with a hat trick resetting the uh, MLS season season single season goal scoring record um, and finally we have uh, forward Brian Fernandez of the Portland Timbers with a suspension and entrance into substance abuse and behavioral health program um, and one late edit that we had to add right before we started filming Fashion Schweinsteiger calling it a career retiring from the Chicago Fire and from professional soccer so Alex it's up to you which story are we going to hit on first today uh, I have to talk about the MVP of the league, uh, Carlos Vela, LAFC. I mean, this guy this year. They have, you know, LAFC broke the points record of Red Bull set last year. They have the supporter shield. I mean, he has some highlight real goals. There's 34 goals. I mean, top leading goal scorer, broke the season record. 15 assists. He finished third in the league in assists on top of the goal yeah, scoring. I mean, nuts. That is just, I mean, you can't, you know, this guy, he's he, he easily the enemy, has to be unanimous choice to me. And then Joseph Martinez is left on at great seasons. I mean, any other year, these other guys are considered remedies. But Carlos Vela, what he's done carrying LAFC the best record in their favorites to win MLS Cup right now, uh, you know, it's, it's remarkable. Absolutely. And, like and we, we, what do you do? we do want to go over a little bit of the history just to let you guys know how serious this is. Previous record was Joseph Martinez. Um, and that has been, uh, um, what was that? That was 31, 31 goals last season. Before that, it was uh, BWP, Wando, and Laster tied at 27. So that was 2014. It was set at 27. 2018 set at 31. Now 34 goals. Alex, you know how many games there are in an MLS season? 34, I do believe. But he missed some 30. games. Four. So averaging one goal a game and like half an assist. Um, it's also worth noting that two other milestones were met yesterday. That is Zlatan moving into third all time with 30. And uh, Joseph Martinez, after having his record broken, he actually also moved into third um, with 27 goals, uh, tying Wanda Laster and BWP from 2014. Um, my question moving forward, is this going to be broken anytime soon, Alex? Probably next year. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. We have another expansion team coming in, or was it two expansion teams coming next year? Yeah. Uh, a lot of young players coming to the league. Zlatan sticks around. You know he's going to help score at least 30. I mean, Zlatan, uh, <laughs> he, he missed, well, like four games, and he was like a sub in two. Th those are not scientific numbers, so don't hold me to that. But 
there were six more games we could have gotten out of out of Zlatan. Certainly, in form games we could have gotten out of him. Games with Pavone we could have gotten out of him. So, yeah. I mean, you know, this is the goal scoring this year, but those three guys and highlight reel goals, not just little distinct happens. Latan, especially. I mean, come on. It, it was a great year. If you're a fan of attacking soccer, MLS this year had some great goals. Those three guys, I mean, definitely the three best players in the league, and teams, that's why their teams are in the playoffs. Absolutely. And when we look at uh, what they've done so far, is it fair to say Vela's season um, makes him the best MLS player? I don't see how he. I don't see how he doesn't get it. I mean, single season goals with games missed with a hamstring injury, third in the league in assists with the goal. I mean, it, it's, it's impossible for him not to win. Best it. best season I, of best season of all time. I I don't see how you know anyone else can question him not being the MVP of MLS. Absolutely, and as a lot of time I would like you to remember when he was in his twenties, he was in Europe playing. So, uh, really good stuff there. Let's look forward to next year. Um, we'll we'll be taking bets on that soon. Let's uh let's check with Vegas see what those odds are. I'm going to pick the next one, uh, local legend coming from Red Bull. Um, well, actually, sorry, starting with Metro Stars. Um, someone who I played ball boy for when I was a kid. A uh, really nice guy. And that, of course, is Tim Howard, legendary U.S. men's national team goal scorer. Uh, goal tender. One of those nice today. Um, what do you have to say about Tim Howard? I remember him. Uh, started with the North Jersey Imperials and the old USL, and I heard rumors about this guy coming to the Metro Stars to be an ex-goalie. He was 17 years old out of, do you believe, South Brunswick High School in New Jersey? North Brunswick? One of those, yeah. yeah. Listeners out there, correct me if you can. I know he's from one of the Brunswicks. And he, he went right to the Metro Stars to start right away, and when Sir Alex Ferguson came scouting looking for a new goalkeeper, he went out to Tim Howard, and that's when a lot of fans of this country became... Manchester United fans, the first American goalie to go to, to the Premier League, to a top, you know, six Premier League team, and Sir Alex personally asked for him. I mean, I was at the, I was at the, uh, his final game for the Metro Stars. He played one half for the Metro Stars, the other half for Manchester United. There were 70,000 people at Giants Stadium. It was Manchester United's first, uh, first trip. First friendly, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, things didn't pan out that great for him in Manchester United. Eventually, he, he did. I'm going to Everton, and he had an uh, unbelievable career in Everton, playing a decade plus in the Premier League, one of the top goalies in the league in the Premier League. The U.S. national team, anyone can't forget that match against Belgium in the second round. Oh, 2014 it was, right? Uh, it was just... F- 15 uh, saves? It was, yeah. He stood he on was, his head for the team, and that was at the point where, if you remember in his career, people were saying he was already on the downturn. This is the end. This is, uh, you know, he's uh, winding everything down, and then he just stands on his head for the team. Um, what a great World Cup. What a great career. And out of all the people of this generation, uh, def- definitely the best. Definitely, he's he's the best goalie in the United States history. Is that correct? I mean, I, I think so. You're going to get people to argue Brad Fiedel, or you're going to get people to go to uh, Casey, uh, I forgot his name, Whatever, Casey Keller, yeah. you know, they're going to... And, and, and they'll be wrong. I mean, you know, day, day two, European careers, great on the U.S. national team, you know. But to me, Tim Howard was just a local boy. I mean, it's hard not for me not to say he's the best U.S. Most ever. U.S. wins of all time. Uh, moving forward here, um, we, we listened a little bit to the MLS uh, show earlier, and they talked about Demarcus Beasley. And what a great career he had. Over 20 professional years... Um, and, and the topic that they were talking about was really how much more famous, how much more appreciated would Beasley have been if he started in like the internet age today where you could see highlights, where you could see um, 
everyone's on ESPN Plus and, and everyone's watching the game together. Um, Demarcus Beasley, someone who I've who's always been on my radar, always kind of one of my favorite players. Maybe not the most skilled player, but maybe one of the hardest working. Um, all his players loved him. You saw him uh, tear in his eyes. He left the pitch for the last time. Demarcus Beasley retires um, at the age I believe it's thirty seven. Marcus Beasley. Um. Great, great. You know, again, he's going to be in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. Left-footed player with speed, which is so rare to find, especially in an American player. A lot of people forget he was one of the first Americans to go over to Europe and do well. He played for PSV in Holland, Man- uh, Manchester City, England, before Manchester City became, you know, bought by the the oil people. Uh, he played for Rangers in Scotland. And he was one of the first Americans to go to the Mexican League and play for Puebla for a couple of years before coming back to MLS and finishing up with Dynamo. Started off with the Chicago Fire. Uh, before his European journeys, won an MLS Cup, I do believe, uh, with the Chicago Fire. But with the U.S. national team, uh, whatever position they put him on the left side, he was from left midfield to defensive midfielder to left back. He's played. Uh, there's not a all player over, that all over, and it's it's the speed, it's and the he was, consistency. Thing, thing about his speed was unbelievable. But he was not afraid to attack players one on one. He was not afraid also to defend players one on one. He needed Skywood, and he scored some big goals and gave some big assists for the U.S. national team. The big game. I think he won the Gold Cup four times. He was on a U.S. Gold Cup roster. I think he won the Gold Cup four times, or at least appearing five Gold Cups, I believe. He was just – he's a legend in U.S. soccer. And it's, just, you know, it's a shame to see him go at the same time as Tim Howard, which is so weird. But, yeah, two great legends leaving, their, leaving MLS this year. Before we start talking about some of the weird stuff, let's I guess we should go on to the third retirement. Now, of course, there is going to be a fourth Nick Romando, but his team's not eliminated yet. So when that comes up, we will talk about that. We're on to Bastian Schweinsteiger from uh, Germany, legend at Bayern. And uh, for me, he kind of joined MLS a little late. Now, we talk about this as not a retirement league anymore. Um, we could talk about uh, Wayne Rooney getting a bloody nose in his first, you know, finding out how tough it is. Uh, Bastian, was, to me, was was just a touch off, played out of position, center back. Um, he joined a team that was going nowhere. Chicago has been a real big disappointment. He joins... You know, Dax McCarty was playing his position um, at defensive midfield there. Um, and that's a team definitely going to a rebuild before uh, getting a new stadium, hopefully. Bastian Schweinsteiger, Alex. Uh, you, you mentioned it right there. We got him a little too late. I mean, it's a shame the fans in MLS and America didn't get to see how great this player was. It was a World Cup champion for Germany. After the Bayern Munich, I mean, legend in Germany, played in the Bundesliga on an army years. He did finish before he came to MLS. He did have a brief stint in Manchester United. You could see the decline, but you know the old Silver Fox. This guy was what a competitor, what a midfielder, what a leader. This guy was uh, tough as nails. Uh, you know, it's a shame that we got to see him too late. But you know, ended up in Chicago. He wasn't really playing Chicago. The game was what half hour outside of Chicago. You know, what again, seven eight thousand in a game. It's a shame to see his career end this way. But uh, you know. The MLS needs more players like him in the league. Like him, uh, but they need to choose their spots a little better. Like, yeah. Schweinsteiger could have gone a lot of places, and Chicago is probably the worst one. I mean, he would have been a good defensive midfield for another team in MLS. In my opinion, he probably could have played another year or two, but, you know, playing sweeper or a really bad team, losing a lot of games, you can't blame the guy for stepping out right now. And he looks like, you said it before, like, you called him the Silver Fox. With that white hair, man, he looks like he's 15 years older than everyone else. You can sure point him out, but he's, he, was, he played well. But he wasn't the uh, the game breaker that we thought he could have been when he signed into this league. Now, from the good, the happy retirements to the bad, that's gonna be Brian Fernandez. Uh, he opened up about past issues with drug use, and he was suspended. Um, Alex, you said that this he's really 
Portland's legit goal scorer. He's like their last real threat. Valeri can't play alone. Brian Fernandez uh, back on something. I'm not sure if we know what substance it is, but we can assume, you know, with his cocaine addiction in the past, that was uh, years worth of suspension, which is actually why ML's got him at such a discount. That's always the the threat, the uh, the risk you take with a player of his stature. And, uh, you know, we, we hope the best for him that he can, he can get get well and get back on the pitch. But what does this do right now, Brian Fernandez? Uh, Brian Fernandez. Now, listen, the last couple month or so of the season, he has been scoring. Maybe that's when his problems arrive. I don't know. You know, this seems it's not a coincidence. Uh, he volunteered into the program, my understanding. So, I mean, I'm glad he's getting help. But Portland's right now to walk, barely get into the playoffs. You know, he was the number one scorer. Now he's out. They're going to Rail Salt Lake, I do believe, in the first round. That is high altitude. Without him, they, I, that's going to be a difficult matchup. We'll talk about the matchup yeah, next we're, week. We're going to talk about matchups next week, and we're going to recap last game soon. Um, but, you know, it's really sad to see that, you know, possibly one of the better teams is out without one of their threats. Timing is terrible, but sometimes in life, in this life stuff, you got to get your life right first. And, uh, you know, Brian Fernandez, we, we, we hope the best for you that you can uh, get better and uh, get back to soccer for next season. Well said, Bob. I try. Now that we've touched on some of the bigger MLS stories, let's get a bit into the playoff picture and some of the games from last week. Um, as I said before, now the playoff picture is clear. 34 teams. We know exactly the 14 that will be playing. LAFC did set season points record at 72, beating Red Bull um, by one point from 2018. Uh, we also saw Portland and San Jose um, fight. Uh, to solidify their playoff spot. RSL beat Dynamo 2-1 and jumps up three spots to finish third and get a home game. Um, DC can't beat a nine-man Cincinnati uh, side. So um, as a little recap of the week, let's start first with this Portland game, and we just talked about it. Um, Portland beat San Jose 3-1 to advance to the playoffs, knocking San Jose out in the meantime, Alex. Uh, what do you have for this game? Winner basically gets in, loser gets out. Uh, San Jose lost six straight, lost nine out of the last ten. Rumors of the coach leaving hurt them really bad. I mean, the beginning of the season, we all thought San Jose might be the worst in the league. Then towards you know halfway point, they were almost up to third. Yeah, they were they were playing really well, and Almeida looked really good. Yes, they had a full press going on, constantly running with a better in shape teams. I thought in MLS, danger, dangerous to play against. You had some Something emotional happened. moments with Wando setting the record. Something happened towards the end of the season. Almeida getting suspended, missing games. They started losing, and it was a downward spell. They couldn't recover. But this game, Portland really, they were home. They played without Valeri and Fernandez. They still won. Blanco with a great goal. Espria had a nice goal. I know Wando scored for San Jose, make it 3-1. But this this Portland needed this win, especially on all those home games in the year. If they didn't make the playoffs, this was a disaster season for Portland. I mean, there's no way they should not make the playoffs with all those home games in a row. After, Absolutely, uh, and and you know that that kind of takes the win. It's easy to say, oh, we have a home game, let's get up this week. It's a lot harder to say, oh, we have 14 home games, let's get up 14 weeks in a row. Now, um, without Valeri and Brian Fernandez, that is 19 goals and nine assists this season between the two of them. We are going to assume Brian Fernandez will be out for next game. He is suspended, and he's he's in you know that substance abuse program, so we don't know any time frame, but we know he will miss next game. Valeri could be back. Yeah, I mean, I, Valeri, I, they, they got Fernandez because Valeri's homesick, uh, a fellow Argentinian, and they seem to click when they're out there. Now that Fernandez is not there, uh, I don't know what's the situation with Valeri. I don't know the situation with Portland going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, to me, this is a disappointing year for Portland. You know, we just talked about all the home games not getting 
not being higher in the standings. Again, anything can happen once you get in, but Portland's going to have to go on the road and advance in the playoffs in any round, yeah. and I just don't see it happening. Absolutely. Now, when we move on to one of the surprises for this, RSL, we all Salt Lake. They beat Vancouver 1-0 and moved from 5th to 3rd, get that home playoff game. And to me, it really turned around when they fired Mike Petke. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. He's a fan favorite, especially around New York. They were 9-4-10 with Mike Petke. They were 7-1-4 since they uh, cut him or fired him. Um, and that includes a three-game win streak immediately after. Um, they won their last two to move into 3rd in the West. Alex RSL, what's going on here? Uh, definitely, if not the surprise team in MLS to be third in the competitive West, that this is just nobody saw this coming at all. Like they needed a big win, they got a win against Vancouver. Was it was ugly, but they got Demir Kralik with a uh, nice goal to get the one zip win. They've been playing attacking soccer since Mike Petty left, and you know, playing at high altitude in Utah is not easy for visiting teams. Now that they have some home games uh, as a third seed, they might even get a second uh, a round after this at home possible. RSL is going to be a dangerous doubt. I mean. Anyone who sleeps on the team is going to get smoked. I'm telling you that right Absolutely. now. They could be the sleeper of the playoffs this year. Moving ahead to a team that is on the opposite. They are on the down and down. That's going to be DC United. Now, I did look it up just, just to refresh. I thought they had a, a, a long advantage. Red cards to uh, Joseph Claude. I can't pronounce his last name. And uh, uh, yeah. Gayu, I think it is. Gayu. That's what I thought. It just doesn't look like it when you see it on paper. G Y A U. Um, and. Roland Lama, those were all before halftime, 41st and 44th minute, a whole man up against one of the worst historical MLS teams. Cincinnati's given up 75 game, uh, 75 goals in 34 games. That's 2.2 goals per game. They're 6'6 six, six, and 22 to start a miserable first year in MLS. However, they somehow, all nine men, kept DC United uh, scoreless, and now DC United does not have that coveted home game. This is just, I, I don't know what's happening in D.C. Uh, you know, Rooney going to Derby County, player coach, not giving Acosta an extension or not selling him to PSG with an offer was about $10 million. He hasn't been the same since that's happened. Uh, you know, it's really the worst, it's the worst case scenario. Because you, you get a new stadium, you get everything else working right, you want your team to be firing on all cylinders. You want to get those playoff yeah. games. You want to fill that stadium. And this is actual worst case scenario, just about all all... The whole year. This, this Cincinnati going to nine men, the worst team in MLS, arguably one of the worst expansion teams ever in MLS history. You just need to go win, and you, you got a home field playoff match. I know Rooney was out of this game for yellow card accumulation suspension, but that's, that's no excuse. I mean, you can't score against a nine-man Cincinnati. You don't deserve a home playoff game. And, and now they have to go to Toronto, the great white north. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's a trip. Be, that's that a trip. Be, and now, and now that could be Wayne Rooney's last game in MLS. I mean, think about it. And now, you know, I had a chance to send them off right, at least a home game. And now they have to go to Toronto. There's no guarantee you're going to win that game. I mean, to me, I think Toronto's a favorite going into the game. I think we'll it's the that. opposite of a guarantee you're going to win that. Game. You know, and to me, that's you know how cold is it going to be in you know, late late October in, in Toronto. You know and, what I'm saying? And there are some injuries for the Toronto side. Um, I think as of right now, Josie's listed as questionable. Yes, he pulled out for the United States national team, the Nations League also. So, again, no game this week. Everyone's got a week off. So, Josie maybe has about 10 days to you know, get his, I think his hamstring was a little tight. Uh, let's see what happens. But now Josie out there, now, you know, that's Toronto. But that's, I feel like Josie, Josie's uh, hamstrings are always tight. Yeah, he's got what? a lot of muscle injuries. He's a big <laughs> 
He's, he, does, he doesn't look flexible to me. He looks very stiff. Like he, wait, he went to the gym a little too much, if you know what I'm saying. He's lacking he, flexibility. He's got that soft tissue. And, you know, again, he's U.S. national team do not have anybody better than him. I'll say that to anyone that's arguing there. He's our guy. He's got it. This is, this is it. And with him, you got to deal with nagging we're, injuries. We're going to get lucky, and uh, we have Zardes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, man. <laughs> okay, we got to move on to the last game. Last team, last team, really, we want to talk about is uh, a team that always loses their last game of the season and can, can never finish strong. That's the LA Galaxy. Apparently, that this is like a tradition with LA. They like to lose, but this loss throws them into fifth place. Now they have to go to Minnesota to play, which is is a tough trip for them. Um, it seems like a uh, end of season type uh deal for them every year now alex uh, la galaxy what, what do you see here and, and is minnesota going to be a tough trip minnesota is definitely a tough trip that wonder world is no joke but let's talk about la galaxy especially the last two weeks they were two weeks ago basically three points away from a top three seed home playoff games latan you know avoiding lafc especially if the second seed you go to vancouver you have vancouver and vancouver puts four on you lose four three Okay, you still got another chance this week. You play Houston out of the playoffs. Need another three points so you get a home playoff game. They lose four to two. That's eight goals to two teams that have no have been no added right. no score. Now, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you look on the roster. Oh, it's Latan, Pavone, DeSantos, Legette. They're great. They're offensively, you know, in midfield, they're great. The back four and the goalie, David Bingham. Knowing David Bingham made a lot of saves this yes. year, he also gave a lot of rebounds, you know. And it's, the back four is not helping them. It's going to be a problem I, for sure. Now, when I look at them, um, just to put this in perspective, one of those two wins would have put them into third. Both of those wins would have put them into second. So they fell four spots by losing just two soccer games. The two teams that aren't in the playoffs. And now you don't have a home playoff game. And now good luck going to Minnesota. Again, Minnesota Outdoor Stadium, cold in October. Hope a lot of times got a sweater. All I can say that is going to be that is not an easy matchup. I mean, that is a 50 50 game in my book. We're going to talk about that next week. Sweaters are for humans, not lying. <laughs> good one, Bob. Very I try, good. I try. Okay, guys, that's it. We we know the playoff picture. Uh, we got uh, LAFC and NYCFC taking a bye week. Um, in the east, we'll have uh, Seattle home. Uh, sorry, in the west, we'll have Seattle home against FC Dallas, RSL at home against Portland, and Minnesota home against LA Galaxy in the first round. Um, for MLS, NYCFC will take that uh, home, uh, that first buy. Then you have Atlanta hosting New England, Philly hosting Red Bull, and Toronto hosting DC. So, so some really uh, interesting games coming up. And of course, we're going to talk about that next week. Guys, there's going to be a lot more time to watch football. Unfortunately, a couple of these games do conflict with the NFL season. I still don't know why they're doing that, Alex. Uh, we talked about this. I understand the ratings last couple weeks on Fox and ESPN, whatever the, the national game is, is been like an all-time low, and should be all-time high because it's you know meaningful playoff matches against bigger teams. Yeah. Fans aren't watching. I mean, Sundays fans aren't. You know, NFL owns Sundays. Just stay away from it. You can get you can capture the audience on Saturday. I've been saying it for years. I don't know why they do this, but you know the numbers Especially don't in lie. Some of these home markets: Seattle, I, Minnesota, Atlanta, Philadelphia. I, I know there's not major college football teams there. I mean, you know, I understand Columbus, Ohio State, you're going to lose there. But Seattle, I mean, you know, University of Washington, okay, maybe. But, you know, Seattle, Seattle, Kansas, they get 40,000 a game. They're going to have a very good TV audience on a Saturday. That's all we got. 
We hope you guys enjoy. Drop a comment down below. Um, of course, you can still follow us during NFL. We're still going to be posting videos all throughout the playoffs and during the offseason. So, guys, thank you for joining us today. Alex, have a great week. Can't wait to come back next week. We're making predictions. We're going to talk about Greg Berhalter from the U.S. National Team in the Nations League. Stay we're tuned. We're also going to talk about some injuries heading into next week uh, that we kind of skipped out on today. But we'll have a better picture. Guys. Thank you.